Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights with Doug Kale. We are going to talk about this podcast. I'm going to get some expert feedback from Doug, who I guess it might be fair to say you were in some sense a competitor. We were competitors first. Yep. Actually, we were probably friends. I was actually a subscriber of yours, maybe before you were a subscriber of mine. Uh, but at some point, we we did get the chance to work together for, yes. for a good run, and uh, that was uh, that was very cool. So uh, thanks, Doug. Uh, thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Heritage Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Doug was uh, here at the hobby dinner. And we talked, and I kind of gave kudos to Doug and others that the year before, a year ago, I kind of floated the idea about doing a podcast, and Doug and others were at least sympathetic, if not encouraging, you know. And so now I'm a hundred and some episodes into it and having a good time. Doug, when we were visiting and we talked about doing an episode, one of the things he said is he got caught up with some of the episodes that uh, that I had done earlier before, you know, before he was a I mean, you've always been a faithful guy, but I mean, faithfulness is to another level. It's with a capital F when you've now apparently listened to all the episodes. And I just wanted to get your perspective uh, as an expert of uh, and get some feedback, even if it's constructive criticism. Uh, what, what What is your sense of the podcast? What can I do better in the next hundred episodes? Um, am I leaving something out? Is that, you know, the 15 minute format doesn't allow for exhaustive treatment, but it allows for some treatment. So welcome, Doug. And thank you. Thank you for listening to these podcasts that are um, eclectic. Well, I have enjoyed every one of them. Uh, each one of them brings in new ideas, new thoughts, uh, to my mind, um, and memories, uh, and then hearing and learning about so many different areas of collecting different hobbies and meeting, hearing about different people's backgrounds. Their businesses, how they operate different. So you businesses. like the interviews? I do like the interviews because I learned so much. I, I may not have met that person. Well, you know a bunch of them. I know a bunch, but I don't know all of them. And there's yeah. some people that have gotten into the industry later on yeah. after I had maybe left. Uh, and you know, I'd like to hear their story, uh, yeah. how they started, what's working for them, what's been successful, um, finding out um, how they promote their shop or their online business. Yeah, it's it's because. Other people listening to it could hear how that could relate to their business or their industry or their job in some way. Um, we did your uh, origin story, and I don't think you uh, in a previous episode. And I don't think you played up. You have you have kind of a I don't know if it's education or experience, but it, maybe it's both in marketing and PR. Yes, I. I so yeah. did you have education on that, or was it more just the the, the experience of some of the jobs you had? Because you always seem to bring that. Well, I, that's my, that's where I grew up. Um, my dad was a, a full-time a food salesman. So okay. I think a selling think and way. marketing, yeah, I think okay. that way. And my mom used to sell at the collectible shows. So I have marketing, PR and sales in me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, I mean, you've listened to these podcasts now and it seems to me they are intentionally nonlinear and non-serial to where each one can stand alone. But that makes it difficult in a marketing and PR sense to, to encapsulate the demographic. Because some percentage of these are for a veteran collector, industry veteran like you, but then some of them are more toward newer collectors. Do you find that, was that frustrating for you? Or do you see that having a little bit of something for a whole bunch of different demographics is, is okay? I think it's perfectly fine because if I was out of the hobby for a little while and there were some things that were discussed in one of your podcasts, uh, I learned something. You know, oh, it, this was happening or this yeah. product was released and, you know, uh, I, 
so for me, I mean, I, I know more about the vintage cards, but now listening to your podcast, I learned a lot about the newer releases. Right. And I think vice versa, because the people that are into the newer releases, if they listen to your podcast on some of the vintage ve- uh, collectibles or veterans, they'll learn something mm-hmm. of how the industry did operate or was operating and could relate that to something currently today. Or yeah. they could go to a card shop or a show and hear something on your podcast about a particular player and see it in that shop and, oh, I remember on the podcast. So you're, you're introducing a lot okay. more information to everyone. In both yeah, uh, you know, one of the things I just, from the very beginning, I just said, this is going to be a podcast, just like the magazines that had a positive tone. But Doug, you're coming across too positive. You're, you're in a, in a, in effect auditioning for the position of PR person and you're, you're winning the job here, but I don't have that job. Okay. So what's uh, any constructive criticism? Cause I do think that I do plan to keep doing this. I mean, wh- how can I shape it? I mean, is it, I mean, it, I don't want to get, uh, you know, I want to do more of the same, but I want to do more in a way that, that there kind of be some gaps in the market. I want to do something fresh that hasn't been done. And, uh, as you know, it's a complicated industry. People can't just jump in and immediately get up to speed, but but what 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 else is out there that um, that needs to be demystified or or uh, shaped? Well, because I've got eight hundred episodes to go. Well, I, I think one of the things that you used to do in the, in the publications, which can translate, and I think you just started touching upon this, is you used to have like a reader's right. Yes. Well, listener feedback questions. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening that have questions and comments that maybe you could bring up during one of the podcasts. Because I just did a couple of those. Right. Did you like those? I did. I and did again. One of the ones I did was about one of the guys. I tried to preserve his anonymity, and if I gave a, any a couple of clues, people would have guessed. But I don't think they guessed. You're an industry veteran. I don't think you guessed. But but uh, I don't like to answer questions in a one-off. You know, if somebody has a question and it's only for them, that sounds like a consulting gig for me. Right. Whereas if somebody has a question that's applicable to many people, I delight in answering those. Mm-hmm. So. Just fair warning for those of you who have questions. If they're, if they're self-serving questions, uh, that's not as, as, as good as, as having people that have a, a question that might be applicable to other people that share a same situation of, uh, a situation with the, what they collect or how they collect. So, but I do intend to do more of that. And that's, it's open-ended and it's hard to say. And I'm, but I'm pretty undaunted. I mean, you remember back in the day with the readers, right? We just get tubs of mail. Right. And so we couldn't, and again, the, the choice of, of what to run. Were you doing Reader's Right very much in some of the magazines you were editing? Um, or was it, was it less? Because baseball in the, in the beginning was just, it was one of the biggest features in the magazine. Right. I worked a little bit on the Future Stars, and I worked a yeah. little bit on uh, the Vintage. Uh, but the non-sports magazines, did they have Reader's Right oh, kinds yes. of things? Oh, yes. And you were, how much time did you have to spend on those? Uh, we have, I mean, we, it's a lot of time. Yeah, it is. It, we used to get a lot of mail. But people tend to see, if they like seeing their name or name mentioned, uh, it makes them feel good that they're being listened to. Exactly. Heard. Well, even if they didn't get a, well, uh, did you do the same thing that I did? I didn't give a personal response in terms of putting a stamp on an envelope and sending it back to the person. This predates email for the most part, but they would get their letter published in the magazine, which they right. liked. And, but then again, that was one out of 20 or something. Right. At our peak, and again, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not an exaggerating type guy. We were getting a million pieces of mail a year. Wow. At the, at the peak. Wow. And so, and many of them had, bunch of checks in the in the envelope that's a good thing and and uh, we put again i can reveal these these secrets now but uh, the uh, subscription form is on the on the back side of the reader's right form right and so when they're sending in the reader's right they say, oh you know maybe i'll just uh, subscribe at the same time and i think a lot of people got them at their local uh, hobby shop but uh, you know fair number subscribe but a lot of them had questions and the price mm-hmm. survey was there along with the 
the readers write questions and um, we got some great questions. In fact, I maybe, do you think it'd be fun if I dug out, because I, yeah. I have a complete set of back issues, if I dug in and pulled out a classic readers write I think people and revisited it. that, uh, what would that be? Well, it'd be 30, well, 36 years ago would be the max. So yeah. it could be 30 years ago of some of those classic readers write questions. It could be a whole podcast. <laughs> it could be many podcasts. <laughs> I, I, my, my awesome wife says, don't keep reminding people that you're going to do a thousand episodes because you may change your mind. I said, well, nobody's going to make me do anything, but so far I'm enjoying it. But that could be another several hundred episodes right there with all the, I mean, we were knocking out 50 readers write questions a month frequently. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of great content. And they were, yeah. and uh, a lot of them in the early days were answered by me as the days moved on. Some of that was delegated, but I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That was part of the fun. Uh, and then, and some of the people got hired. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how many people that we hired, like you, who even though I'm sure there was a formal interview, you were a known quantity. And so we knew we were going to get a, a great uh, addition to our team. And I could think of so many of the other guys that I would see at the shows that would send in uh, surveys and and uh, contribute uh, as regional correspondents and uh, and uh, readers write kinds of things. And then when it came time to add to our team, we could pick for people that were already known. And that was that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, how have you liked the tributes? You think I should do more of those, less of those, or because this it's they're a little bit melancholy. Yeah, no, there. I I mean, there's a lot of uh, people that you pay tribute to that I, I mean, I've heard of them, but I didn't know their background. Yeah. So I learned, again, it, it's a great learning experience. Okay. Um, so I, I, you know, okay. I ran across them at the Nationals or whether it was the, uh, was it the Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania show? Oh, Will Grove, you mean? Will Grove, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Will, yeah. Will Grove show, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I remember hearing them or running into them, but I didn't know their background in the hobby. So Well, there's great. some, you know, everybody's got a story, you know, and some of them are better than others. But, uh, and, and some of these uh, people, you know, had untimely uh, deaths and, and uh, you know, nobody, uh, we're all terminal, but, uh, you know, guys that, and, and at least one gal who really made a difference and made a real contribution to our industry and, and uh, friends, friends of many, um, you know, I've enjoyed doing the what if scenarios and they're not doomsday. What ifs, but they're right. just different kinds of what ifs. Did you find those appealing? Yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. I mean, it, it gets you thinking a little bit more about the industry or, you know, about a particular player or a company. You know, what if this happened? Um, you know, well, you told in your uh, origin story about how you pretty early on were pretty savvy about the buying and selling the investment kind of aspect mm-hmm. of, Making money. I mean, you, you weren't, I mean, some people get into this industry just because they love cards and everybody's doing it. But you early on, partly in your origin story with your parents, understood that there's, there's transactions and I can buy and sell and do all that stuff. So the investment fallacy, um, episodes, did those appeal to you? Cause I'm trying to get people to think at a, you know, go beyond the surface on some of those things. Yes. Should I, mean, I do more of those or? I, well, I think today's collectors is a lot more investors out there. They, they collect, but they also invest. So anything having to do with investment, I, I do think that's a good, a good area to touch on. Well, yeah, touch on this. I mean, how you're, from your perspective, when we were in the company, we were there together and you were there before and you've worked for other companies, you know, we had a conflict of interest policy, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, obviously we're doing price guides. It's hard to say, Hey, we're going to do the price, but by the way, we're going to be buying them up the month before or something like that. It just wouldn't be, right. wouldn't be right. But, um, so you've worked for other people who work for us and, um, you know, just the inability or the unwillingness I had for decades 
to not talk about something being a better investment than something mm. else. And now I'm unbridled. I mean, I can say that. The sky's the limit. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not this eternal optimist. I mean, yeah. I, I generally think that, uh, that, uh, there are no sure things right. in life. You can't mm-hmm. say, well, even the, the, the Hannes Wagner card or the Mickey Mantle 52 tops mm-hmm. is a sure thing. There, there are no sure things. There are no sure things. But I think some things are better than other things. If times get tough, people don't usually want to sell the stuff that's, that they're really emotionally connected mm-hmm. to. They, they, that'd be the last thing they'd want to sell. And so that there'd be the perception that would hold its value. But even making statements like that, I didn't, I had decades where I didn't really talk like that. Right, right. And so it wasn't because I was blind or deaf or dumb. I just, I just thought, you know, it's just not the right thing. But when these, these other publications you work for, did they have similar kinds of, uh, uh, conflicts? Strict rules? Yeah. Mean? Because you were, uh, not so much. I mean, when you're uh, your own boss, you. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually sometimes good to be on the other side to see how things operate and well, see how things, first how hand. The, first-hand first transactions, hand. what people are asking for, what are they talking about? Right. What are their interests? So well, that's another perspective. I, right. I, I respect that. I mean, like I said, even um, I think uh, Beckett uh, Media as well as ComC both have their own kinds of policies, and they and it's like we and we need to stop. But I'll leave it on this note: is that generally our policy back in the day when you and I were working together was anything that was activity of the order of being a collector mm-hmm. was encouraged. If right. our employees were collectors, that's good. But if you become a dealer, a flipper, a hoarder, right. taking a position in things, that was right. the kind of the commercial and business aspect of it. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate, number one, that you listen to these episodes. Um, and uh, that doesn't mean anybody who listened to all the episodes automatically gets interviewed, but but I do uh, appreciate that. And if you do listen to all the episodes, let me know at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. And uh, perhaps in some cases, I could have some conversation because, uh, like I said, I, the, 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 those issues are in the rearview mirror. I'm onward and upward for doing some more, and uh, even that may include Doug again. So, Doug, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'll get you on again, but uh, in the meantime, we're going to sign off for today, and we'll uh, we'll uh, see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll you'll hear from me tomorrow. Thanks. Bye bye.